you're listening to the We Speak Common Podcast Network. For more information and to support the show, head to wespeakcommon.com. This week, we're getting into the thick of it. Ray joins me to put a fine tooth comb into my latest D&D session and talk about how you really need to run dragons. Welcome to We Speak Common. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the D&D podcast for everyone because here we speak common. This is the show brought to you in partnership with the Dice Dungeon, your UK provider sending dice out to the worldwide, the wide world. They also have other things too, like books, uh, things that you can use to play the game of Dungeons and Dragons, adventures that you can run, settings that you can explore and rules that you can learn and use to kill your players in new exciting ways, as well as all the extra stuff like holiday countdown calendars for their dice uh, and uh, dice rolling trays and all of the good such stuff. Head over to the description of this episode of the podcast. There'll be a link there. You can head over to the website, have a look at what they've got going on. And if you feel like, I don't know, buying your DM a Christmas present, then use the code WESPEAKCOMMON at checkout and you'll get 10% off your entire order. So you might as well treat yourself too while you're at it. We're also brought to you in partnership with Describe, spelled D-S-C-R-Y-B, com on the end. That's the website, which of course can be found in the description of this episode below with all the other links. They've got professional creative writers doing all of the hard work and creating box text for you to use in any D&D game you are playing. And I mean literally any game. There's over eight and a half thousand scenes and growing weekly, 500 of them free for you to look at right now. They include places, monsters, spells, items, people, songs, dragons flying through the skies, which is relevant today. You'll find out why soon uh, and loads more. Have a look on the website, have a little peruse. And if you like the taster that you get, you can subscribe and get 10% off every month for the first two years. If you use the code common at checkout. As always, we'll talk about our wonderful partners at some point during this episode. They've been with us for a while now. They know how it works. You know how it works. So let's get into it. My good friend, Ray, is with me today. Hello. Hello, Ben. How are you? I'm good. I have had uh, a long day, but I, I feel like it's been productive. I had one. It's Monday today, the day that we're recording. Correct. And it's been oh good. I'm glad. Um, <laughs> it's been one of those nights. I've had one of those days where like it's felt like a Monday. It's felt like a proper mm. like oh slow Monday. But mm-hmm. I came home. I smashed the gym out. I had a lovely stir fry. I've had. Mm. Uh, I played a bit of cod. I've had a gin and tonic. I'm going to talk about dragons with a good friend of mine. So it's it's actually turned out all right. Yeah, I I totally get where you're coming from. When I am on top of my routine, mm. life feels good. Uh, and then if I if I haven't exercised in a while or I haven't gotten a good night's sleep, uh, I feel pretty like pretty low, <laughs> like borderline depressed. So, yeah, so I, uh... I totally understand the value of um, that feeling of having like accomplished a full day. Do you know what the worst thing, the worst thing to ever happen to me? And it happens repeatedly mm. is uh, uh, when my therapist says, have you been to the gym recently? And I go, no, I haven't. Stop telling me it's good for me. Because yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Annoyingly, it is very, very good for you. <laughs> Have you done that thing that makes you feel happy, person who's saying they feel sad? No. No. Well. Why, would, why would I do that? Why would I do yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't give me solutions. <laughs> yeah. God. Don't try and cause and affect me. How dare you? 
bring <laughs> logic to my feelings and emotions. Are you good though? How are you? What's what's happening in your world? I feel really good. I got to stay in my apartment this last weekend, which has been world changing because as as you guys know, because we try and schedule Dungeons and Dragons, this summer has been slammed with weddings, bachelor parties. Everybody yep. I know is getting married or would like me to party with them as a part of the pre-marriage celebrations. Of course. Uh, and it results in a lot of weekends like just away, like with with people. And it is exhausting. It is impossible to feel good about like Monday and Tuesdays, like day of work after yeah. trying to get that sleep back and just try and like go to the gym, get groceries in the apartment, like <laughs> vacuum, like try and do laundry. Like uh, it, it's so you know being what, able to be home over the weekend this last weekend was life changing. I completely understand that because I, I've, I'm very much the same. I'm very busy. So those of you who are new to the podcast might not remember this. Those of you that have been with us for a while will know that um, about a year ago, almost a year ago, I had a big life change. I moved across country. I've changed my jobs. I'm living alone. I'm a bachelor and all that shit. And um, Watch out, ladies. Yeah, oh, fuck God. Um, <laughs> a big, big change, big, big changes in life, right? Yeah. And I realize that like i am i am the most busy i've like i'm living i am the most busy i have ever been and in mm. such a good way and then yep. i was meant to have a friend come and stay um because I, I have a revolving door here people come and visit me all the time it's lovely it's why well, i'm very blessed honestly it's made me realize how how good i've got it and um yeah, unfortunately he canceled last minute he couldn't get up here which makes sense it's a long way um but i realized like on the the Friday morning that he was going to come. I was like, oh, I've got nothing on this weekend. Right. I've got exactly. Nothing on. It was amazing. Yeah. And I just had a really chill way. You know, I made myself a roast. I watched the last F1 race of the season. I went and met a mate for a drink, had some mulled wine, like the Christmas marks. Like, it was just a really chilled weekend. And so, yeah, so I totally, totally get that. I did, however, and tell me if you get this. I, I took myself out on a, on a date. I do that quite a lot. Like I'll mm. take myself out to do something on my own. Um, I went to see Black Panther 2 because I wanted to see it. It was on the cinema. It was a cheap yep. ticket because it was like in the afternoon. It's a long film, but it's, it's a good film. And I walked out and I walked down the Muse, which is like this tiny little alleyway, um, but like a nice alleyway, not like a day alleyway, with all these lights and like these little restaurants, pop-up restaurants. And I'm just walking down you know, it's dark. It's like half seven, but it's winter. Um, and there's just people everywhere. And mm -hmm. I walk out of the muse onto Dean's gate, which is one of the main, main uh, streets here in Manchester. And there's people everywhere and they're all rushing about. And I was just having a very like in my, I was on my own. I was like, Oh, Oh, I'm very present. And I stood at the Metro station looking at like the skyscrapers and I felt very small. And I was like, wow, like, Look at my life, look where I am, look what I'm doing. This is amazing. Like, I mm -hmm. felt great. Yeah. Then I got home, got on a duvet and played COD for three hours and was like, wow, how depressing on a Saturday night because <laughs> I'm doing absolutely nothing with my time. So I flip-flop between the two. Yeah. 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 I, don't know. I, I find that uh, in, for video games particularly, like mm -hmm. one hour of video games is the perfect amount of time to make me forget about anything that I'm stressed out about. Uh, yeah. That like I feel like I can't get off my mind, and then I will play for more than an hour. Um, and when I end, I I feel very like almost like sick. Like I have a brain fog. 
Yeah. I feel a little bit tired. I yeah. feel super unmotivated to do anything. Um, so I need to, I think I need to be a little bit better about holding myself accountable to less uh, continuous That's interesting. Video yeah. That's interesting. I, um, I don't get that, but I, I was a big gamer in my teenage years. And to be fair, I don't do it a lot. Um, mm-hmm. It's only because I've got friends who play the same game as me now. So, and that's always nice because then it's like social. Yeah. But um, anyway, that was, that was a nice, um, nice catch up. Uh, yeah. Therapy with Ben and Ray. Same time. Oh, same we, time were, next time. we were re- recording this. Oh yes. Yeah, sorry. This is, this is oh. going out to uh, millions of people. Oh. Um, okay. and is on the internet forever. Uh, what are we talking about? Are we talking about dragons today. Talking about dragons and uh, and dungeons, uh, but only only in the metaphorical sense. The dungeons of our own mind, as we well, yeah, the, the setting yeah. in which play in which dungeon in, in which we encounter dragons. Yeah, mm. that's that's a sentence that I stumbled my way through. So Ben ran for us the most amazing Tomb of Annihilation session uh i think it was last wednesday about six days ago yeah five days ago now uh yeah ne- nearly a week ago for us nearly time, a week yeah. ago uh and ben uh was was looking for someone to record with on thursday and he mm. was like hey does anybody have a topic that they I had, want to a, I had a last minute cancellation yeah yeah and and i started thinking and i was like you know what i'm still riding high on yesterday's session of dungeons and dragons because i think it was really excellent case study. I think that whether it was through skill or or blind luck, uh, Ben did a lot of really technically excellent things. And that contributed to how amazing that session of Dungeons and Dragons was. So I think typically when when we're doing an episode of We Speak Common, you try and isolate one kind of like aspect of the, the game and mm. give a lot of examples to really flesh out that one aspect. Today, I'd like to flip it on its head. Mm-hmm. And we have one example, which was the session. And we're going to talk about a bunch of different aspects of the game. Sweet. I'm into it. I like it. Let's do it. Um, All right. We, uh, we, as in We Speak Common, as in the show, have done the an episode Royal about Wii. the Royal Way. We've done a, um, an episode on how to run a dragon encounter a long, long time ago with myself and... Uh, Joe, if uh, if you're a long time listener, you'll, you'll remember our good friend Joe. Um, and it, that was actually about a dragon session, a dragon encounter that I I'd built up to and run before. Um, if you want to go and listen to that, God knows what number it is. You, you scroll back, you'll find it. it Just was a, search a blue dragon. If I remember, it was a blue dragon. Yes, yeah. well remembered. Yeah, mm-hmm. well done. Um, that's a great episode for doing what Ray just described, where we where we isolate like what are the key things you should be doing um this is going to be i suppose me putting my money where my mouth is and trying to run a good dragon encounter and you telling me what was good and what was bad about it so let's um let's get into it um bit of a bit of context at tomb of annihilation there is a dragon uh built into the adventure called uh cinderlore also known as tinder she is a young red dragon canonically yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah, I I didn't I didn't run. She wasn't a young red dragon. When yeah, saw her. yeah, we nope, got nope, that also. No, 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 no. She was an adult. Um, <laughs> because you guys know how to play the game very right. well. Right. Um, there's lots of things like that that I do with with published modules. Um, because I think most people wouldn't would never put a party of level what are you sevens up against an adult level red seven, dragon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas I know that. 
you can you can handle it. So I was shitting myself. I was literally and that's exactly that from was side the, to side because of how nervous I was. That's the emotion that I wanted to. I wanted you to shit yourself <laughs> uh, all over the floor. Um, so it was in the Blade of Gorges, which has a Cholton name. It's like Ataz Yik Walsley or something like that. It's it's one of the, the Gorge more, of Blades. Gorge Blades. Yeah. What did I call it? The Blade of Gorges. <laughs> I, it's, that's the gin talking. The, the Gorge of Blades. It's basically a big uh, ravine filled with these giant uh, stones that stick up. Like, yeah. uh, the, not stalagmites, not stalactites, the one that sticks up out of the ground. Basically, um, to make uh, like a Lion forest. King. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, uh, yeah. But like spikier. Yeah, very spikier. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it goes onto, it opens up, the gate of this, this gorge opens up onto... Uh, the Valley of Lost Honor, which is the hunting ground of Tinder that leads up to Wimhart Mine, which is where she resides and lives. Yeah. Um, for reference, the party, well, some of the party had met Tinder before. Um, yep. They helped her. Uh, she was being affected by the, the dragon horn, the dracker horn, um, and they managed to give her spells to uh, get rid of those effects. Um, so she rewarded them and said, if I ever see you ever again, ever, I will eat you slowly uh and then she flew away and so that is where we that's all the backstory you need i think yeah yeah so so open up into this session which ben decided to title uh the blade of gorges the gorge of (laughs) blades yeah gorge of blades um and some some beautiful dungeons and dragons unfolded uh, and I'm gonna, and I'm going to basically sing Ben's praises to his face uh, for the no, next thirty no, to sixty stop, minutes. Um, don't please. I, ben knows uh, that he. I will share criticism with him readily and oh, yeah. often privately. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I will I will spare him from public <laughs> surprise criticism <laughs> today on the show. Uh, so anybody who's listening, don't get don't get the wrong idea. I love Ben as a dungeon master, but I, I don't think he is infallible. But no one is last perfect. Session no one is perfect. And, and I am still amazing. learning to like, like just if we're going to if we're going to do this properly, throw a little bit of criticism in there if there is any. But um, if there's any, but yeah, no, know. it was a really good session. OK, so cool. I'll okay. just. I, I can share criticism from another session if you really want. <laughs> if, if you're like, you're like Ray, I really need you to knock me down a peg. No, I feel no, it's fine. Too no, it's fine. <laughs> arrogant this. right now. Don't, don't take it away um, from me. So we'll start with some of the most simple and reproducible things uh, because mm-hmm. I think those are probably the most helpful for most dungeon masters. Can I also and, just say this? Is, it's very nice to be on the other side of the chair here, and you're just like. I have things I want to say, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit and listen. This is this well, is. I was nice like, this change. is going to be a bad episode unless I write some stuff down. Uh, yeah, if I'm just like is... trying to grasp at straws here, I so. feel like I don't even have to work today. Keep going. Well, maybe maybe that this is like a little vacation episode for you. Ooh. So, um, so the first thing that you knocked out of the park, and I I suspect that this was on purpose, mm. was the Gorge of Blades, is a is a location that is perfect for a dragon fight because of how much verticality it has so it's a giant chasm um i think it was about 200 feet across is what you described to us 
you guys were on the west uh never eat shredded wheat you're on the western side and you had to travel mm. to the eastern side it was yep. about it was somewhere between 150 and 200 feet across you didn't have yep. an exact measurement because it kind of twists and turns right and it the if you stood on the top of the cliff edge from where you stood to the bottom was 200 feet yes so for any of so for anybody who uh, has heard me talk about my players before they love the spell dimension door mm. so i measure my battle maps in dimension doors if i want to create so an you, encounter you go 500 by 500 most of my battle maps that i don't want the players to be able to uh trivialize uh with dimension door are at least four dimension doors wide wow. such that if they dimension door they get super far away from whatever the problem is but they have not exited <laughs> the battle map. And I'll your, make these battle maps in uh, Dungeon Draft. Your well, world so. is huge. Yeah, <laughs> like like yeah. physically, it must be just massive. They, they have driven me <laughs> to these extreme lengths. Uh, so for anybody who is who knows stat blocks like the back of their hand, the the Gorge of Blades is the perfect battle map for this dragon fight because the distance from one side to the other is two dragon flight movements across yeah. uh, which is perfect because if your players are on one side and you want for the dragon to have to get to the other side for some reason it isn't trivial for the dragon to do that it's like that's mm -hmm. a full round to get from one side to the other um which which I commend you for because it was super relevant um and the and uh bef but before we get away from the setting it was also i think 200 feet down is that yeah what it was? so from from the from the ledge down so there was plenty of space for the dragon to fly around Big um, and plenty of space for us to see the dragon from far away uh mm. and and perhaps suspect that they had not seen us yet um which yeah, was so super important yeah the the setup was that the parties traveling through the jungle they're they're looking for omu they know its rough location they have an idea of where they're going they just don't know the exact hex of the map and so they're they're pushing through the map pushing through the jungle and they've they've predetermined this route and they're like oh this is a this is a marked location on map let's go see what it is not knowing that it's a place called the gorge blades just seeing it in its cholton name they didn't think to ask the cholton what it meant um so it's fine it's one of the players too like it's it's not a new right yeah. yeah, uh yeah, yeah. they get to the gorge they look down into it and you know i describe the, the beating sun coming in through the canopy you know it's a bright day cloudless yeah. which is the worst thing you want to see in chalks that means there's no rain and you can see these this forest of stone spikes at the bottom 200 feet below yeah. and then all of these creatures these red humanoid -esque creatures running from something from their life for their lives uh, some of them are riding on the back of these bird-like creatures they're fire newts right they're running away what are they running from who knows um one of the players wants to make a perception check and investigate and um it does very well and it sees the the clawed wings uh the clawed hand of of this red dragon come round one of the stones and pull itself forward and topple it over as it's chasing by and like breathing fire and snapping these newts up um so instantly the characters are and the players are up on this ledge and they're thinking ah oh, sod it we're miles away or if we're 200 feet away let's just get out of here because that dragon is coming in this direction hasn't seen us we've got the high ground which is exactly what i wanted and i think someone i don't know if it was 
I don't know if it was you or someone else. Someone made a joke of like, because it was before you saw it, one of the other characters were like, oh, we can, I can polymorph into an owl and fly us across. And someone was like, oh, yes, the whole session is named after the gorge and we're just going to fly across. I think I have a bad habit of, of saying things that are easy for you to shoot down. I mean, the, the most <laughs> famous of all was we reached level three. And mm. and my in my experience, once you reach level three, you're basically invincible. Your your HP has doubled from like first level. Uh, you have twice as many spell slots. You have twice as many features. Like it, you're basically invincible unless your dungeon master is running Tomb of Annihilation and uh, is willing to put a CR arguably like 21 because i think it had legendary eminences on it uh red dragon against uh what, what is the cr of an adult red dragon uh off the top of my head it's not 21 i don't think but i definitely is it, didn't is put, it i definitely didn't put that dragon in front of you at level three. Oh no 19 might be like no 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 i'm saying i, I was about to finish that uh sentence with against a party of level seven characters oh right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um i'll tell you hang on yeah, uh, I'm super right. interested because now I oh is it because ancient red dragons are above twenty? I think they're like wanna, CR twenty three. Do you want to oh, commit? So that commit would make it CR, CR seventeen, right? Bingo. Yeah, because yeah. twenty three minus five, and then because each chromatic dragon is one CR higher mm. than the last. Yeah. Okay, so seventeen bump that up to eighteen with legendary eminence. Fucking nerd. <laughs> hey i gotta i gotta present my chops you know yeah, like people yeah, are yeah. people are like how come ray gets to be on we speak common and you can tell him because he has memorized the challenge because ratings. he says nice things about my encounters he's memorized the relative challenge ratings of different levels of chromatic dragon that's fair that's fair okay yeah, yeah. um so yeah, so this dragon is is prowling through and, and you're trying yeah. to get across. And I think we got to this, the, the position where uh, yourself, uh, the dwarf, and the, the character who had been polymorphed into a giant owl yeah. were on one side of the gorge and the rest of the party were on the other, um, which is a big yeah. problem because they're the squishy ones and you're the, you're the tanky ones. So you're jumping the gun then because that oh, was actually I? item number two that okay. you hit out of the park. So, so item number one was setting. the the setting that you decided to present this dragon in. Perfect. It facilitates a, like a, a giant scale that suits the dragon's ability to cover that insane distance in a single round really well. Because like we can't cover that distance, and when you encounter a dragon and uh, they come to you, doesn't really matter how far they can move all that much because they're basically just kiting your range. Yeah. Uh, like they're not taking full advantage of their entire movement speed to like zip around the map and like investigate things, you know? Mm. So, so number two, the thing that Ben did really, really well was he created a lot of tension by introducing the dragon uh, before it had seen us. It was doing something completely unrelated to our presence there and she was hunting yeah she was hunting and it gave a lot of time for the tension to build up like oh like this is just a skill encounter like we just need to we just need to cleverly bypass this adult dragon ben would never have us fight a cr18 
because of legendary eminence's adult red dragon mm-hmm. and that set up this really interesting so the so we get to the gorge of blades it's a skill challenge how do we get across this thing oh cool we have polymorph uh we can do it in two trips if somebody polymorphs we get to the other side the party is split there's an adult red dragon in between the two groups we can't get to one another without flying into plain sight yeah without risk of being seen yeah without risk of being seen so we tried to do the safe thing and stealth so that they wouldn't the dragon wouldn't see smell or detect our otherwise detect our presence and that did not work uh like the the dragon was able to detect our presence and flew up and started combing the jungle uh for for one of the two groups yeah so she could she could smell you um and it's something that so when the party first encountered tinder uh it was when wolfgang was having his little side quest so ray ray as a player has never met this dragon and neither is his Mm -hmm. character Mm -hmm. um but one of the things that i and and this i think is one of the things i talk about in the old dragon episode with joe and, and something that i think is really important if you've got a creature that's gonna make reoccurrences is i set up and foreshadowed how she acts and how she hunts and one of the big things the party like had a conversation with her it's like bilbo and smaug um Mm -hmm. and one of the big things she commented on was their smell and their scent and the fact that she now recognized it and she knew them and what they and that she hated it and she didn't like they smell awful because they've been traveling through the jungles and like all of these comments that um i would hope if you asked any of the other party members who had met her before would say oh yeah she knows our smell like we we, we got to be real careful mm-hmm. um so she flies up um she comes and she lands on the side with more people because it smells stronger yep and starts moving through the jungles and the, the edge of the canopy looking for them and and taunting them and saying things like i know you're here i know your smell i told you to never come to my my territory um you're foolish now i'm going to eat you all that kind of stuff uh and it was a, it was that tension of like, you guys need to do something or this is going to go poorly. Right. Um, that, that tense, terrifying act now for better or worse situation. So I think our party at first, and this is something that I like that we do um, because I, I think it gives you as a dungeon master information on which to uh more information for decision making for you i imagine is helpful so as a party we even though we're on the opposite sides of the gorge we're we're saying out loud to each other as people like if we get into a fight here we're probably gonna tpk right like Mm -hmm. if if our group is especially if we're separated and the group is like yes we're like we're gonna die we should avoid combat basically at all costs so that for you as the dungeon master gives you some like just information for like what what the plan is players are like kind of trying to do um so one group pushes a boulder off the opposite side and she flies over to that side and finds us um Mm. and then at that point braylar decides to start yelling up from the jungle uh, to have a con- makes the decision, James by himself. I'm going to initiate this as a conversation encounter. 
Yeah, so she she flies over. They they push the boulder off to distract the dragon from the other side. She flies over and she's been making comments to the the other party, the other party. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, the the dwarf and the and the the native aren't here. Like, I, it's a shame they died. I would have thought it would have been the bookworm that died first. Like, she's yeah. taunting them. She flies over. She smells Braylar. She smells Osley, and she goes, "Oh, you're here!" And then she smells Wolfgang, and she's right. like. And there's someone else with you. And at that point, knowing that her interest is now peaked beyond just the, I warned you not to come here. Right. James's, James's goal was, well, I'll just talk to her because we talked to her before this. I'm going to have to talk to her now. Right. And this is where I think um, this, I think you made a really hard decision that ended up being very correct. And this is, this is one of the more nuanced things. I think mm. that dungeon masters like mess up every once in a while, which is that you, I think, did the less realistic thing because it was absolutely like necessary. It would have been a disaster had you not exercised restraint. So Mm -hmm. I think that it probably is very tempting as a dungeon master to be like, well, the players split the party and now they're separated and and I wouldn't have had the dragon attack them while they were separated, but one of the players started yelling up at the dragon. So now she's found you roll initiative. Mm. If you had done that, it would have been a TPK for sure. It wouldn't have, it yeah. wouldn't have even have been like questionable as to what the result would have been because there was no way for the other party to get there to the other side of the ravine. I, I don't think they had any way of getting to our um, side. I believe Nevin on that side had polymorph, so he could have polymorphed one of the other two. But it would have right. been it would have taken right. him so long, and in 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 combat terms that you think that free play in combat, how how much longer that time takes, it wouldn't have gone well. Um, right. If not a TPK, maybe two or three people surviving and running away max. Yeah, and death is permanent in Tomb of Annihilation, and yes. I think tyranny as well. So uh, currently, X, um, we're running it in the same world. So a, a tough decision. Uh, to make and I applaud Ben's restraint. So like if you're a dungeon master and your players put themselves in a, a situation where they're just totally screwed, like and and you want there to be this like awesome combat. Like that like like we're we're get, like the way that this encounter is going is we are going to fight this mm-hmm. adult red dragon. It's just a matter of when. Like exercise that restraint to give the party like that extra last thing to try that extra last thing now that they know that combat is inevitable. And I think that's exactly what happened. Um, Nevin dropped concentration on the true polymorph for the person who flew us to the other side and burned um, another level four spell, which is, which is all that we have. I mean, like those are our, that's our highest spell slot level for, I think they, all the spellcasters have one fourth level spell mm. um, to cast major image to give us one round to consolidate the party. On so this is a, gorge. a really important point as well, because like a point in the fight or, or lead up to the yeah. fight, because you talk about holding the restraint and, and not causing the initiative and all that kind of stuff and it being unrealistic. And I think the, the only issue is if Wesley hadn't have acted if Nevin hadn't have cast a spell to to draw attention, to do something to escalate or de-escalate either way, 
then we would have ended in a situation where now you're just having a conversation with the dragon because mm-hmm. I, I don't want to start you a fight can't. here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, and then that yeah. would have, that would have then been a poor encounter, I think. So there is, it's not, there is a little bit of luck in that your players have a lot of agency and you need them to do things that are going to help the situation. But there's also a lot of like stacking the deck in your favor when you know your party and what their tactics are and how they act and building an encounter around that, which is what I was doing. Improvisational storytelling, like improvise a compelling reason why initiative isn't right now and why it's like, around from now or to however long it takes for the like for the high level spellcasters to burn valuable resources right mm-hmm. i mean like going into a combat against an adult red dragon you have one of your players burning their most powerful spell slot to to just get the party grouped up again and i think this comes to a point that we talked about before the show just because it came up when we were just sharing what has happened in dungeons and dragons recently for us um which is that when your players spend like their most valuable resource to try and get some sort of effect like you knew nevin was trying to get that illusion off so that we could get the party back together again yeah you just wanted Um, the dragon away from you guys yeah i think i think it would have been very believable that the drag uh uh an adult red dragon would be smart enough to see through um an illusion uh like like dip if they roll uh i think by the rules it's an action to try and tell whether or not it's it's real or not and yeah it's, it's just a roll We've we've dived into that on illusion episodes before, but um, yeah. there's no there's with illusions there's no like trigger. It's it they have to have a reason to investigate it. Mm. So mm-hmm. the way I play it, and uh, because I don't want wizards, especially Wesley, who loves using illusions, to mm-hmm. cast an illusion and it just go out the window for no reason, is yeah. that um, he cast the the form of a dragon it down in the bottom of the ravine in the gorge. And there's a dragon they'd fought before. They've fought, they've fought and survived dragons before. Like it's, they don't, don't, don't sneer at me too much. We're pretty um, good at Dungeons and Dragons. You you're know? pretty, pretty good. <laughs> uh, you know, spoke as the dragon. It was a major, a major image, so it could move, yeah. it could make sounds, all that kind Do of stuff. All stuff. And yeah. I was like, okay, well, she's not gonna know why or how this dragon has appeared, mm-hmm. but of course she's gonna get territorial and react and go and right. check it out. So. And, and in my mind, I was like, okay, Wesley is trying to get this dragon away from these guys. So all I need to do is to have that succeed for him to feel accomplished. She would, she would dive bomb this dragon. Yep. And as soon as she goes through it and knows it's an illusion, she's coming straight back. But that's exactly right. what Wesley wanted. Right. Um, and that's exactly what happened. Right. He, he didn't try and like... Be like, oh, well, we're attacking her, but obviously she would still be distracted by the illusion. Like it was it was a very it was very fair. I feel like the exchange of resources. Right. It was like, Ben, I would like to spend one fourth level spell, please, for us to group the party up together. And you were like, granted. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, of course. And then that gave us this sick moment where we had around to cast whatever buff spells we could god bless sam he's playing a level seven cleric still hasn't picked up any 
buff spells <laughs> for the group other than bless uh so god bless uh casper casper um and and then that led to the sick cinematic that was what you kicked off the combat with was so, the dragon's head rising yeah. yeah this is this is when I, i've talked about this many times now what i have when i'm dming i have scenes and i have set pieces my scenes i just a quick recap are things that mm-hmm. can happen at any point players can into can start scenes i can start scenes um npcs can start scenes they just happen set pieces are definitely going to happen not because they're railroaded in not because you know the players will go down this route to this encounter to this scene this set piece but because i know that something is going to happen in a campaign and so here here is the set piece now this is a this is one of those ones where it might happen it might not because you might not have fought the dragon but i knew that if you did i wanted to have that that epic scene of you guys your perspective being stood on the cliff edge looking over the ravine and the and hearing the wings and the dragon rising up in front of you um so i was very happy to get that off to be honest i was shaking in anxiety because <laughs> i was so petrified and afraid that we were die. gonna lose our character <laughs> we're gonna what's die. very it's fun as well something my i realized is minus one <laughs> <laughs> what's what's really fun about um these encounters is that no one seems to be able to pin down if you're fighting like what age dragon you're fighting mm-hmm. and it always comes down to is it adult or is it ancient we don't yeah. know and i'm always like I always say that and people like the answers, the, the questions to get to it are like, well, how big is it? And I'm like, it's magnificently large. It's huge. Yeah. It's, it's ginormous. And I'll say all of them because as, as characters, as people, it's yeah. all of those things. Right. Um, and then you, you kind of work it out as you're fighting it, uh, which is always good fun. Because for, a, for a moment you're petrified that it's ancient. Right. Well, also because you opened the combat with the fear ability, which was pretty cool also. Mm. Which I think, I think I, I think I've always read that on the stat blocks and been like, how bad is this really? And it turns out if you fear the entire party, oh my God, is it a big deal? <laughs> it's like, it's I think bad. even, even half of us, uh, succeeded, but you still, uh, it was still a yeah. pretty, it, it mattered. That, yeah. It's pretty like, killer. The people who failed. Yeah. If you can't, if you can't get towards the creature, um, you, you got you got issues you got problems uh yeah. 99 of them in fact um <laughs> so and you, a dragon is definitely one yeah <laughs> um i'm just trying to work out where we are so so we've said setting and then uh the restraint and holding back with oh the tension so was there was the, the, setting, was the second one then there's opening what will probably be a combat encounter with a skill check yep. instead so it was like the skill challenge was get to the other side of the Gorge of Blades without getting into combat with the dragon mm-hmm. um, was it was what we were trying to do originally. Yeah. And then that gives enough time for this. Like, maybe we won't have to fight this like you're you're hoping. Are on we going to do it? Yeah. Yeah. That like that you will get away from this without anyone in the party. Dying. And, then, and the only way to get out of an, an adult dragon fight without somebody dying is to is to not engage in combat. Just don't do it. Yeah. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. So was um, the third thing the the restraint? 
for the initiative? Third thing was restraint. Yeah, okay. like I've I, on the internet, you always see the like, "Am I the asshole?" posts mm. on Reddit, where it's like, "My player." like insulted a god so i had the god melt him where he was like <laughs> who's wrong and like the top it, comment it, is always like you. yeah well the, well the top comment is always like oh yeah if someone insults a god they're not just going to take that of course he would melt him and i'm like the people who are responding with that mm. have no have have no nuance as to <laughs> like it's like this isn't this isn't just like what is most realistic right yeah. like i mean there's it's a fantasy world <laughs> it's a cooperative storytelling experience like there's always a better choice to like have the encounter yeah. turn into a fun game and that's kind of what happens when the dungeon master says roll initiative is you you flip from mostly narrative with some game mechanics to mostly game mechanics with some, with narrative. some narrative yeah um and that's like a that's a really cool like scene break right where like that's where yeah. the episode that's where the episode like cuts on a cliffhanger right mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. well look, there's there's already three really good things that i've done so yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna cut my losses and i'm gonna treat myself to a little a little present because i've done well i'm gonna like, give myself a little treat Go nope. me. Um, so I might, I might, I don't know. What would, what would be, what's a, what's a suitable, like, well done, here you go, pat on the back for a DM. Well, you know, it was, really well. we talked about criticism, right? Oh, are you, it is one criticism. thing that you <laughs> totally screwed up was, was horrible. Made me vomit in my mouth was your description of the red dragon. I really wish you had. Because other than that, the in, the session was perfect. I really wish you had hired right. a professional writer right. uh, to describe the red. <laughs> I know, I know, you're setting on my ad read for me, but I might cry. <laughs> I've never been so wounded. Ow! Oh, well, I if better, only there was, there was some I've, way that I've, you could fill this gap in your your skill set. <laughs> the hubris. Uh, I, I, I better look into some sort of. Some sort of service that provides well, don't me professional you worry, creative Ben, do writers. I have the website for you? <laughs> what is happening? Why are you running the show today? <laughs> what is that website, Ray? Tell me more. Head on over to describe. Okay, back to me. D-S-C-R-Y-B. D-S-C-R-Y-B.com. There's a link in the description below. They've got proper people who do good descriptions, much like myself, I might add, of all things from places, monsters, items, spells. They've got songs. They've got battle maps. It's a list that's growing longer than... Vecna has been trying to take over the multiverse. It has about 8,500 and growing scenes on it right now. 500 of those free for you to look at as we speak. You can go and use them in your games. Uh, and if you like what you see, you can get access to everything uh, using a subscription. They've got different tiers, gives you access to different things. Um, there's a there's an, there's a like a, a nice affordable tier and there's a, do you know what? Just give me all the good, good shit tier. If you want mm. that with 10% off every single month, for the first two years that it's active, if that subscription is going for two years, you'll get that 10% off every single month. That's like 40, no, 24 months, maths. That's 24 <laughs> months of 10% off. You can use the code common at That's what we like to call out. false advertising, Ben. That's Sh- false advertising. Sh- <laughs> oh, not, I'm not governed by Ofcom. Oh, that's not, right. Not here, only at work. Uh, right. And if, if descriptions 
are something that you're good at. If you are, or maybe you're a member of the described team who loves listening to this podcast and you, you think, I don't need that. I'm, <laughs> I am one of the creative word writers. Well then <laughs> maybe treat yourself to a set of lovely, beautiful, pristine premium D&D dice from the UK's number one stop shop for D&D dice. That is of course the dice dungeon. They got resin, metal, uh, glass. I, I still, the idea of glass dice scares me. I love them. They're gorgeous, but I'd never want to roll them. Unless, of course, I had a dice tray lined with felt from the dice dungeon and then they'd be safe to be rolled. You can get that too, including books uh, and all the good extra stuff. If you go and have a look uh, on the website, link below as always, then you can have a little peruse. And if you get overwhelmed by the amount of dice that are available, as much as I do, there's so many and there's new sets coming all the time, then why not grab something like a bag of fates? You never know what set of dice you're getting. And there's even exclusive sets only available in those bags. Um, it's good fun because you never know what you're going to get. Use the code we speak common at checkout. You'll get 10% off your entire order. Okay, what's the fourth thing I did really well? Go on, Ray. Keep going. The fourth thing that you did really well. And this, the, I, I, this one's also a pat on my back. So we have to, <laughs> oh, we have to do a little oh. asterisk here. Is the other shoe drops. The other shoe drops um, is you. So the, the beginning of the combat mm-hmm. was correct, was technically correct in that the dragon uh, was airborne, did mm-hmm. not engage us on the ground and was participating in a fiery flyby attack mm-hmm. uh, attacks, but but only got one off before things started to get spicy. Um, and as you were doing that, that that's like, we're not going to pay too much attention to that because that's like dragon running a dragon. That's dragon 101. Yeah. Yeah. As you're doing that, that um, the, the spellcasters are kind of the only people that can participate because they have all these long range stuff, unless you have uh, like a bow and a bow and arrow wielding fighter that has a magic bow or, or mm. a, a martial character, which like, unless you're a ranger, you probably don't have uh, like a magic bow. And it just so um, turns out that our ranger is cursed to only ever want to use the sword that he found from another dragon sword. So yeah, unfortunately yeah. he couldn't get his bow out because he kept failing his save. Right, right. So, um, so one thing that you did that was awesome was you made legendary resistances matter. You, you gave the dragon enough legendary resistances where uh, the crazy debilitating effects that Wesley's two spellcasters uh, yeah. like were trying to get to stick um, were, weren't because the dragon was using legendary resistances. Um, and thank God, <laughs> the so you put legendary eminences on the dragon uh, mm. and and I know <laughs> what legendary eminence a red dragon gets because <laughs> mm. you um, wrote the thing because I wrote them <laughs> and thank God like think I was freaking out every time the dragon lost a legendary resistance because I was like we can't fight this thing on the ground mm. until we burn through the legendary resistances so every mm. legendary resistance that we got to spend was a huge success. And yeah. I, I think the group really felt that way because you had put legendary eminences on another dragon, uh, an eminence that you had wrote yourself. Mm-hmm. And it was it, it wasn't nearly as gnarly as the red dragon's effect is, uh, but it was debilitating. It was yeah, like really so tough. Yeah. 
if you don't know what eminences are uh, again it's another episode that ray and i've done uh, probably probably couple like four months ago now or something like that yeah um, yep. it was a kickstarter that um ray and others were involved with um a really great book and uh, it, it basically makes legendary resistances matter because in the game as they are and this is what we talk about in the episode i think the episode is called something like how to improve legendary resistances or something like that it's yeah something if you about do a search on the legendary resistance keyword yeah you'll find it come up yeah Yeah. um and and the the issue is that they that like this dragon has three legendary resistances you cast your spell and the dm goes it it will burn a a resistance to succeed and that's it nothing happens and nothing narrative nothing mechanical that's just it and that's dull and as a spellcaster i've been one for many years uh, my whole life in fact i um I feel You're that pain. Wizard, Harry. Ah, <laughs> I feel that pain because I, I like I've cast a big spell and it just it save or suck and it just sucks and yeah. that's that's how it is. So the resistances are these abilities that start off really strong and with each resistance the eminences sorry are abilities that start off really strong and as each resistance is burned they get weaker until there's no resistances left and therefore the ability goes away. Um, and the the kind of non-mechanical point of this is that you put in a flavorful reason and a a visual narrative reason for these to be burnt so with the red dragon i described it as this heat wave that burst out from her she had this glowing red chest where her fire recharged and this heat would come out because her ability burns everything around her so things literally catch on fire because she's just so damn spicy hot sexy dragon um oh yeah and this was very one of those seducible. In, oh, yeah, oh, very. Uh, you've got no bard. <laughs> you, know, you do have a bard. You do have a bard in your party. We do, but um, I mean, it makes sense because he's basically like a zombie now. It makes That's sense true. that he's not that sexy. He wouldn't be able to yeah. seduce. Yeah, he's but. not sexy anymore. But the, the there was the benefit in this fight that, and, and this is an issue I've had before. So the difference between this fight and the other dragon fight, um, the other dragon fight was an amethyst dragon, which arguably has cooler abilities than a red dragon. It has more at its disposal, mm-hmm. um, and it was a very strange fight. And I think the difference, but like strange and like the dragon caught, flooded the cave using like control water or whatever, and like we fought it, it in its lair. So it fought in its lair actions at its disposal. Yeah. Yeah, it, it can like teleport and it has like a two version of itself where it kind of like mirror images and things like that. Um, and I think the difference between that fight and this fight is that this felt very nostalgic for everyone, very traditional, mm. very, oh shit, we're fighting a dragon that proves fire, not poison, for example. Like it, it's a very, everybody knows what that looks like, right? Um, and the eminence on the dragon in in the cave that was... Uh, amethyst was based around its gravitational energy its power and it was just a, it was a slow it was to stop you from moving whereas this one is a very destructive uh eminence which is very characteristic of each dragon the the amethyst is very knowledgeable stays away just wants to explore the astral plane whereas the the red dragon is like let me go and burn some stuff and eat it i'm hungry i want to blow stuff up let's go um so th- there's all of that playing around, uh, which adds to the fear that Ray's experiencing as the one, as someone who knows what the eminence has done, which again, yeah. <laughs> it's not meta knowledge. It's dramatic irony. Thank you very much. Yes. I will say it until I die. Um, but there was the bonus of Wesley being able to get these spells off and the dragon just failing, like me just rolling poorly and having to roll those resistances out. And I think if we hadn't have had a quick succession of failures, 
I think it was the course of three rounds. Well, I think my character would have like straight up died. Yeah, um, like had, it would have been a completely different story. Still been up by the time that it engaged us in in melee. And the best bit was that the final resistance when the dragon's area of effect of its like ability was 30 feet, 20 feet, 10 feet. It got to 10 feet, had one resistance left. It landed and it would have triggered and started hurting you on your turn. Wesley goes one turn ahead of you, burns that last resistance. So it was one of those amazing, like everyone breathe a sigh of relief. Oh, hang on. We're not out of the woods yet moment. So yeah, I, I think you're very, very welcome to the pat on your own back because I, I think I've said in the episode, like eminences at fixed resistances in a way that um, I don't think people realize needed fixing. I think even if you don't use the mechanics, the concept that the book gives in terms of the narrative is fantastic. And then you add in the, the mechanical bit for those that need the extra, like our party needs that extra challenge. And it just, it's mm, uh, yeah, wonderful chef's kisses. So, and I've used it twice now. And I, and I will be, I will be using it again. Not Many for a Serac, though. He's probably tough enough without any legendary eminences, I would imagine. I took probably. a Serac from the book. I gave him a workout plan and a year's <laughs> worth of steroids. A hundred push-ups, a hundred sit-ups, and a hundred miles every day. I mean, he's, he's got no muscles. But, and then you gave me eminences as well. So um, don't worry, he will kill you, but... Good. Yeah. Good, so, great, really. so what? Yeah. So, what was the fourth point that that your book's great? So, the and everyone should go point, get it. Yeah, yeah. That, okay. That's basically it. Um, no, the fourth point is that go listen to that episode because that episode uh, we made we made a very I think pointed effort to give a lot of ways to spice up legendary resistances outside of just adding legendary eminences. Uh, yeah, we, we did. It's not all about the book. Yeah. So the, the, the takeaway there for point number four is, is do something with your legendary resistances that make your players feel awesome for having forced your monsters to use them. Mm. Uh, because the fact that it was worth doing opened us up for like a sick moment for my character. Like this maybe one of my shining, like my most favorite moments that i've ever had with a character which was that the dragon uh, my paladin stepped out of the woods challenged the dragon indraconic to martial combat the dragon flew down and engaged them in martial combat and i got off a wrathful smite which Mm -hmm. was able to stick because it didn't have any legendary resistances left which kicked off my conquest paladin's fear aura Mm -hmm. so now the dragon is afraid of my paladin in martial combat, which made sense because it like dealt something stupid, like 80 points of damage in like a single round because uh, I was just dumping all my smites because I expected my paladin to like die on the next round of combat. Um, and that's how we grounded the dragon because the dragon's speed is reduced to zero while it's afraid and in the range of the paladin's fear aura. Uh, so that was just like the coolest feeling round of all time before uh, which, we move on to like part five like something i want to hit on there with you getting off your raffle smite and the whole like oh we got rid of the resistance so i could do it and it could stick there's there's always a fear that i have as as a dm it's kind of a it's a fear that exists in every kind of 
situation as a dm but it's it's elevated when it comes to like a big creature that you want to have a cool fight you want the place to remember the fight for like the amazing awesome reasons not the oh my god we cheesed it reasons um and that's the my spellcast is over there burning through the resistances and i'm sitting there like that meme of all the math coming up on my face just trying to work out if i've burnt enough of their resources before the fight started like have i calculated this right have i balanced it right because if that last resistance burns and they've got one more polymorph left. Mm, mm-hmm. It's going to take away from the fun for everyone. Not for everyone. Right. Because it's like a cool moment. But it's not going to hit the vibe that I'm trying to go for with this fight. Um, and I think, luckily, and there is a bit of luck involved with this. Because, again, it's based on character decisions and player decisions. And, and you can't control all of that. So there is a bit of luck in it. But luckily it worked out this time and it meant that those resistances were burnt. There were no more cheesy. You're now a, you're now a pigeon, not a dragon. Right. Spells. And you could use those fun abilities. And land right. Them. The, the abilities that did stick were the fear aura, which was mm. huge. Um, and then the other ability that stuck was fairy fire, which yes. was, which was a sick ability to land on the dragon. Um, so legendary resistances, uh, were perfect during that encounter, I, I would argue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then <clears throat> something else that you did was that I thought was notable and awesome was that you had a very measured and I would argue correct response to the audacity that my character showed. You got very lucky that you recharged your flame breath and then you, you, I think you did something really cool which was that you didn't use the f- the flame breath uh to like wipe out everybody right like mm-hmm. you you like it would it would have been very weird to do that you would have had to like argue mechanically like uh, positioning like, and yeah. positioning and stuff very weird you were like no like this dragon is going to delete this paladin and you mm-hmm. did uh like a a zero range fire breath yeah so she she you Braylar and uh your squire Rosini were all within combat range just in front of her the dragon um being a huge creature takes up a three by three cube and uh she just stands up tilts her head down and just breathes on the three of you yeah Um, like nine nine by nine is what we like we thought was like yeah that super makes sense that that's that's very straightforward mm-hmm. and you're not trying to like delete everybody all at no. once right it's like okay here we go i think my paladin had like seven hit points left you rolled so 62 i, I rolled damage. 62 and your and no, my max what, hp was, was 55 uh yeah. so i had like i had nine hit points left or something so it brought me it brought me from two within two yeah. of the overkill rule which is that you if you lose all of your if you lose if you take damage equal to your maximum hit points past zero your character is just deleted just gonzo done dead so um you needed to yeah you would have if you'd have took two more hit points you would have just 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 burnt to a crisp would have ceased to exist anymore um which was awesome that was so cool. Like, uh, like, and my, my takeaway there is definitely know your player. Ben knows that I'm a player that uh, less and less every day because I'm becoming more and more obsessed with Wolfgang. Uh, mm-hmm. But he knows that I'm a player that 
if if I feel like my character should have died by the rules of the game, by the narrative of the story, and the dungeon master spares my character, mm. that is a fate worse than death. You don't want plot armor. Um, yeah. No, no, neither do I don't as want a player. It. No. Um, so, so that felt like it was Fated. a measured response to how brazen my character was because it also made me feel sick as a tank. Like, nice. I've like, I have attracted two flame breaths now. And like, and yeah, I'm super unconscious. <laughs> Couldn't possibly be more unconscious. Um, but like, I, I did the most tanking that any level seven paladin has ever done during an adult <laughs> red dragon fight. Yeah, that's um, I'll give you that. Which, which is cool. Um, so there was there was a thing there so that that is that's like don't be afraid to like put the fear of god into your players is is that point there yeah Um, and i think that's something i've said many times before yes like maybe not in those words but like if if don't don't be afraid to kill your players not your players the characters don't kill the players Um, (laughs) please i don't don't need the police knocking on my door again no um no Ben, he told me to do it. <laughs> I plead the sixth, which is that if my Dungeon and Dragons podcast announcer tells me to kill a player, I'm allowed to do it. If you die in the game, you die in real life. Everyone knows the rule. <laughs> Everyone knows the rules. And that's why I got the flamethrower out, officer. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's that. And then the we're getting down to the end here. Um, one of the last things that you did, and I think this is one of the most nuanced things. So I'm going to spend a little bit of time to explain this because it's a little bit complicated. Mm -hmm. Um, the last thing that you did was that you closed the session as not the session titled Cinderlore, the, like the red death or whatever yeah the name of the session was the gorge of blades so the dragon <laughs> very understandably is like i am out of here yeah she, you guys and, got her really close to death and she was like yeah i'm i'm going bye-bye we, she she maybe had like a third of her very considerable hit point pool left um, before maybe at a, this point where she's m- deciding to maybe leave. a little bit less yeah maybe a, a maybe, little bit less a little bit less yeah. than a third yeah um, and Not quite so she's quarter. flying away and Wes gets off the sickest hypnotic pattern of mm. all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ben is describing how Cinderlord dives off into the Gorge of Blades and describes the flying in, in very good detail, talks about her careening and, and bringing her wings in close into like a, a dive bomb. And then at the last moment, spreading her muscular wings out and leveling off and kind of like like doing a little zigzag through the caverns so that mm. like any ranged attacks like might not hit her. Wes hits this insane hypnotic pattern, which Ben spends a little bit of time <laughs> looking in the rules. I just <laughs> maybe so, just deciding, maybe pretending to read rules and decide. I can tell you exactly what, what I was doing. Do. I can tell yeah. you exactly <laughs> what I was saying. So hypnotic pattern goes off. She's still 120 feet in the air yeah, she's or something. High. Yeah. She's high up. And um, and I'm sitting there going, okay, the spell goes off. And I look at the die and there's a moment of like, hmm. 
at which point obviously everyone sees my face and they go it's happened hasn't it and i right, go yeah. and i'm like <laughs> i go okay and then someone piped up and went if she falls on the blades though can she get extra damage and i was like hmm i mean logically <laughs> yeah so what i was doing and what i did do was i double checked the max full that full damage because she was getting max anyway and yep. then i decided how much extra i was going to pop on top so i think she took 25 d6 from the full she took a she took a lot of and of course the fun thing is that everyone in the party knows that if that fool doesn't kill her the damage will just snap her out of the hypnotic pattern so it's got to kill right. her it, it has to kill right. her right and and I mean, for me, that's kind of where the session narratively ends, like, like in my memory of the session, when I when I mm -hmm. like open that filing cabinet and relive that session of Dungeons and Dragons, where we open with the Gorge of Blades. Yeah. You present the Gorge of Blades to us. The session is titled the Gorge of Blades. The opening encounter is a skill challenge to get across the Gorge of Blades. We have a sick combat with an adult red dragon, a memorable adult red dragon in the Gorge of Blades with that as the backdrop. And then we bring the dragon down mm -hmm. uh, like or within inches of her life by stunning her such that she crashes into the Gorge of Blades. So so this is harder to do this is this is something that's hard to do even if you are an author it's nearly impossible to do if you're a dungeon master <laughs> where you so cathartic storytelling uh one way of telling stories that feel good as they open and close is kind of imagining them like brackets that are kind of like pemdas where it's like, first you do the addition, then you do the multiplication. And like the they open on each other and they close on each other and there's some like nested in between. Mm. You do that with your story elements. So we had this session feel very, very, very satisfactory, very episodic in a good way mm. because it opens with the Gorge of Blades and it closes with the Gorge of Blades. What was, that, what was that session of Dungeons and Dragons about? It was about the Gorge of Blades. Like, and, and I think that ability to do that storytelling either on purpose or instinctually now that you've had so much practice, I think is, is one of those, one of the, like the, when the chef is making that like special dish and they do basically everything the same as like like everybody knows how to make an omelet mm -hmm. but when a chef makes an omelet there's the little things that you can't it's almost impossible to describe what they're doing that's different that results in the different like flavor or the different outcome that is one of those things that was just like oh man what a perfect session of dungeons and dragons like you can't write it more poetic than that mm. As as our good friend George Lucas says, it's like poetry, it rhymes. Um, <laughs> thank you, man. I appreciate that. I really appreciate yeah. that. And I, and I think um, I, I do know exactly where the session ends and I, and I don't want to keep people in suspense. So I will tell you that the dragon did survive. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. Which I think also helps to make well, this the is session my... about 
the the gorge of blades instead of about the we killed a dragon right right and this is i think this is my final so you've had your your five things that made it great here's my one at the end and this is the thing that i love the most in D and and the last time it happened was with jal axel and that's that you came up against a foe they mm. were a challenge it was life or death it was tough it was hard but the foe still got away and mm-hmm. they can come back. So Cinderlore falls out of the sky. She crashes into the, the gorge. The blades go into her. You see one of them go through like her torso. One goes through her wing and rips the membrane. Um, and there's a long moment of pause and quiet. And then she shudders and gets up and rips herself off and tries to fly and just like can't fly properly because she's got this broken hole yeah. in her membrane on her wing. And so the last thing the players see is they're standing on this gorge, they're looking down as they were at the start of the session and the dragon's flying away from them in the opposite direction. But now she's burnt, bloodied on four hit points with a hole in her wing. And there's a scarred dragon out there. And I think it was Sammy said this. He's like, that's so cool. There's a dragon out there that's got a scar. Like we did that. Yeah. Do you see her again? Like if... Yeah. And this is what I love about world building. Now, if we now play a session of another campaign in a year's time and you travel to Chult for some reason, there'll be a legend of the dragon that can't fly or the dra- or maybe people see Cinderlore and she's got a hole in her wing. Like people will know that because that's an effect you've had on the world. So will she come back up in the campaign? I don't know. Maybe, you know, you might survive a Sarak and explore further and go and finish her off. You might not. Um, but and for now like where we've left that that chapter yeah i'm very 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 happy with it yeah yeah just a very very technically excellent session of dungeons and dragons oh my head has four marks thank you thank you a plus plus yeah um do you know what i'm not gonna be able to sleep now i'm just gonna be thinking about how great i am how good someone on the discord server is going to burst my bubble they're going to be like oh we need to bring him down a peg or two now <laughs> hey if, if you'd like to do that if you've been listening to this episode and you've been thinking do you know what ben's gonna get bloody cocky we need to go and sort this mofo out yeah then uh, there's only one place to do that yeah there is in fact um uh, and i do have the abilities to ban you so don't be too brutal but uh <laughs> head to the description below there's a link to our discord it's free to enter the common room and be among the commoners as a commoner uh, we have chats about D and life the universe and everything but if you want complete access if you want to you know join in with the vibe zone where we sit and talk and listen to music, the main hall, the private chat where you can talk about literally everything. If you want to post homebrew stuff, build encounters, give us episode suggestions and play around with AI generated bot art and stuff like that, then head over to the Patreon. There's a link to that below. It's also on our show, social media. It's at We Speak Common on everything. We Speak Common Pod on Facebook. Uh, and uh, you can come and come and have a chat and, and talk about dragons and other things. Uh, actually, today, this very day as we're recording, we've um, set up an event for a fun little games night that's happening at the end of the week and i have planned a lovely little christmas bonanza that will be coming uh well i don't know it might already be on the event calendar by the time this episode goes out <laughs> it was planned today if not it's coming we're gonna do something christmasy um, a bonanza. Which, which commoners will be invited to usually events are patron only events um, but the christmas one will be open to all so if you want to come and hang out uh, and and sign off the the year i know it's not i know christmas isn't everyone's holiday but um it's basically just a festive hangout before the holiday season. So uh, okay. if that's something you want to get involved with, head over to the, uh, to the Discord. Um, okay. Uh, 
look, this has been wonderful. You have you have made me feel very very good, and I'm glad you enjoyed the D and D session. And uh, I now realise how how much work I have to do on the next one to make it uh, stand out. Just it's as, like, wow, Ray is really paying oh attention. He, uh, <laughs> he's going to be disappointed if it's not another 10 out of 10 A-star session. I better get my, my pen to the paper. Um, Ray, you're on the internet doing things. Where are you? Where can people find you? Oh, thank you, Ben. Um, we have our own show uh, that was originally inspired by We Speak Common called Running Off the Rails. It can be found anywhere that podcasts are found. Uh, ben appears in a number of our running off the rails episodes. Yeah, when am I coming back? That's a good question. We need uh, to do that. Do you want to do that soon? Yeah, let's do that soon. Okay, let's do it soon. I'll uh, I'll think, I'll think about some topics and then I'll, mm. I'll shoot them your way. And you can, okay, Ben will be hearing which topic soon. you want. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Do, 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 do. Um. But he is already on there, and uh, he has some really good episodes. So go and check those out uh, if you are interested. And uh, yeah, you can find us at runningofftherails.com. And we have a, a Reddit where uh, we have one dedicated listener, uh, Cyclops, <laughs> who always responds with a super thoughtful <laughs> re- reply to the, to the new episode thread. Uh, so God bless you, Cyclops, if, if you're listening uh, here as well. Um, but yeah, so you, you can double the number of replies that we have on our episode nice. threads if you head on over to the Reddit. So I, uh, thank you I, so much. I haven't done a subreddit for We Speak Common. I, I, I fear, I fear that, that it would be empty. Maybe, maybe one day. Um, and if you want to check out any of the episodes we've talked about, uh, most particularly the, uh, Legendary Eminence one, if you want to go and grab that book, um, just search it on the We Speak Common for, uh, uh, page of whatever platform you're on it will be there for you um okay ray let's let's end this here before i get you to tell me how good my encounters are again um have a wonderful evening is it evening for you now yeah it's uh, it's yeah it's five it's dark it's dark it's dark here. i mean it's winter it's yeah. nighttime. it's fine yeah. it was dark here at like quarter to four it was very depressing um yeah yeah have a wonderful evening and i will speak to you very very soon you too ben thank you as always for having me on See you later, buddy. Bye. Thanks for listening to the We Speak Common Podcast Network. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to leave a review on your platform of choice and share us with a friend or D&D group near you. If you'd like to directly support the network and the production of new shows like the one you heard today, head to the description of this episode or our social media pages for a link to our Patreon page. You can connect with the show on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at We Speak Common. The network theme is Street Dancing by Timecrawler82 and is held under a Creative Commons 4.0 license. You can find it on the Free Music Archive.